save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Are you or a loved one battling addiction? Relevance Behavioral Health is here to help you. At Relevance, you'll get intense clinical care coupled with long-term relapse prevention. Call today, 732-702-2242 or go online at relevanceforcovery.com. Hey guys, Bill Spadia here. Welcome to our new podcast, Hashtag Speaking Recovery. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Daniel Regan. You know him from CFC Loud and Clear, now from Relevance Behavioral Health. Daniel, great to see you. Great to see you, Bill. Thanks for having us. So we thought we'd start this first podcast off. Uh, You know, addiction, recovery, the battle in New Jersey, ongoing. It is something that is top of mind for so many people. Mm -hmm. So many thousands of people impacted. New Jersey's, as you know, I'm telling you, things you already know you know uh, deaths from overdose three times the national average it's a it's a true epidemic and a crisis so you and i have known each other now for a number of years if you could explain your journey because i think there are a lot of misconceptions about addiction there are a lot of things that people have questions they don't know how to deal with it they've got a brother a sister a father a mother a son or a daughter um, but your story hits home because it's it's a unique journey that you've had to get to this point Absolutely. First, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in and watching this. Um, it is such a pleasure to come here and co-host with Bill. I think it's so cool and co-hosting a podcast right now with you. I uh, never thought I'd be here. And that's that's the joys of this journey that we go through with, it, with addiction. Um, my story um, is like many others. Uh, and I started this whole entire, you know, my childhood. I had a beautiful childhood. I was a straight A student. Um, I was captain of my swim team. I did all these amazing things growing up and you would never think, oh, that kid's gonna become a drug addict. Um, and it happened to me. It happened to me and I fell and I fell fast and hard. And how, how old were you when you started? I know that, you know, we've talked about this on the air before, mm-hmm. uh, that you basically were, were growing up, thought pot was so bad, oh my God, I'll never try. Then you tried it, you're like, eh, you know, that wasn't that bad. Well, that's what And it got you started. And I think that's, that's really what we have to analyze in our society is that we've had this very archaic view of um, drug education. And basically we used fear as a tactic. And in our society today, Fears used as a tactic for everything it's in a our great society, point. right? Yeah. So we've become our uh, this new generation, and we're so immune to a fear tactic because we're getting inundated that we don't yeah. listen anymore, right? And that's what happened to me. I, I was fearful of using this, and then I tried it, and I'm like, "What is everybody scared about? This yeah. is great." On the side of that, I was dealing with a lot of insecurities growing up as a prepubescent teen As kids do all the time. And it seemed to fill in the void of the insecurities that I had because I came into school, I got to say, hey, I did this crazy thing on the weekend. Everybody was like, wow, you're crazy. You're cool. I want to hang out with you. And then all of a sudden... I was the cool kid. So what was it? Was it the next thing? Like, okay, I tried pots, and now I'm going to start drinking. And then at some point, it really devolved very quickly into heroin, uh, opioids, etc. Well, it was like, okay, well, if they lied to me about this one, (laughs) 
they probably lied to me about that one. So, you know, it, it kind of, it, it's experimenting. It's like, okay, uh, I want to feel this way today. I want to feel what being up means, what being down means, what yeah. tripping is. And so you experiment with all these different things. And from a biological standpoint, you know, there's people that can experiment and it doesn't catch them. And then there's other people that it right. just seems to fulfill you. So you ended up, I mean, on this journey as a, as a young, young person, all of a sudden you find yourself in an abandoned hotel in California mm -hmm. and your mom comes across the country and, and finds you. How much of that do you remember? What was, was there a, a, a switch that flipped with you? Absolutely. I, I honestly, the only way I could describe it is a, a very out of body experience where mm -hmm. I was no longer attached to who I was anymore. I yeah. forgot who I was and what I stood for and what my moral compass was yeah. and everything. And I had to do that as a defense, really, because I had to rationalize where I ended up. Um, and I remember clearly one day getting up and looking at in the mirror, and I just couldn't believe who that person yeah. is. I'm like, yeah. is that really me? Yeah. And I was 96 pounds, soaking wow. wet. I, wow. I was addicted to methamphetamine and heroin at the time. And my life completely dissolved. Everything that I stood for, it, it was gone. And I thought, in my head, I've convinced myself that there was no rectifying the situation, mm -hmm. that I was just this broken individual that could not be fixed, and I was giving up. I gave up on my life, and I was really working towards killing myself. Mm -hmm. You know, I yeah. didn't want to be here anymore, and I didn't feel the need to even try anything. How quickly did it go from that, that euphoria of, wow, this drug is awesome, it's doing what it's supposed to do, I feel good, to I'm really in trouble and I don't know how to get out of it? Mm -hmm. How long did that take? Uh, well, you have the years of experimenting where, you know, through middle school and high school where it was fun and games, it was a social thing yeah. um, where, you know, you didn't have the responsibilities of life really mm. on you yet. Right. So it didn't have as much impact. And then once I cross over into college and obviously there's more independent responsibilities that come about, then things started dissolving. And, and as they dissolved, I started to have those irrational rationalizations mm. for myself, um, where that's where the addiction got me. And the scary part is, is when you're in it, you feel it. You know it's happening. You see the snowball effect mm. rolling down the hill, and it's like you're stuck in a glass box. You you just yeah. feel like you can't you can't stop it. Like you're just and you just let it roll down the hill. So one of the reasons we started this uh, hashtag speaking recovery podcast is that Daniel and I have known each other now for years, and the whole family, uh, Lynn and Mark, and 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 uh, you know Daniel's sisters. The idea is that they went from this journey of oh my god, this is actually happening in our family, to saying here's what we're going to do about it. And you started CFC loud and clear, come full circle. So tell me about that, because then that then leads to how you got to relevant behavioral health. Absolutely. So. Uh, upon my last uh, stint in treatment, um, what happened was is this was a new kind of treatment center. And what I liked about it was instead of going, here's a box, fit in the box, that's how you're going to recover. Uh, if you don't fit into the box and you don't bend your ideologies mm -hmm. to fit there, you're going to fail. Um, so I like this place because they went, screw the box, okay? Yep. You build your own box. And, and because you built it, you're going to appreciate it and you're going to have gratitude and you're going to be there. And I'm just like, yes. 
this speaks to me. Yeah. Let me build my box, right? right? And I, I was on fire, and I felt yeah. great. But at the same time, um, I, I went back home after the 28 days. They had nothing for me to continue that journey. Right? right? They just said, oh, do the 90 days, 90 meetings in 90 days. And I'm like, wait, you just taught me something completely right. different. And most days. of the rehab centers, it is a 28-day cycle, and that's part of the issue that you address with CFC, yeah. the sober living after. So we've got a question, an anonymous question mm -hmm. uh, from our Facebook Live audience. How does a nationwide approach to recovery compare and contrast to a localized approach? I mean, you're talking almost a, almost a personal approach, even more than local. Uh, I, I'm talking about a micro uh, level of um, perspective. Uh, in terms of national, the problem with any kind of national or these big rollout plans, uh, I think they, they're great for advocacy. I think they're great for changing laws. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that the opposite of addiction is connection. Right, and the only way you can create connection for an individual is to be individualized and be upfront with them. Mm -hmm. So, although these laws are changing the landscape to make it easier for someone to uh, get into treatment or whatnot, uh, that's not going to solve the issue. We need to reconnect our society. So, we've got another uh, question. Jerry's got a uh, a point he wants to make. Just came off opioids. He had his third spinal surgery. Said it's necessary and beneficial when used in the direction that they're prescribed. Uh, would you agree with that? And what, and what would you say is part of the problem, you know, where people go from, because I've had surgery too, and they gave me opioids. Uh, they make me sick. So I guess I'm one of the lucky ones that uh, I'm not going to get hooked on something that, that mm -hmm. makes me sick. Uh, but that said, you know, Jerry's got a great point. So many people are prescribed this stuff and they couldn't get through their day without it. I, absolutely. I mean, every substance that we have out there has a medicinal use. And it, if used properly, it does help. I mean, heroin is named heroin because it was the hero drug. When you're in the battlefield... Is that get, where it comes from? Yes. If you no got kidding. shot with an arrow through your stomach and you're in pain, guess what? The, they only had whiskey and beer at one point. Right. <laughs> yeah, how much is that going to do? And then they found opium. But they're digging a bullet out of your leg. Drug. You're chomping on the yeah, rag and you're taking like, a shot. So I got it. It... it, it, it saved a lot of people and allowed them to you know surgeries and all that kind of stuff to happen but obviously with anything that we get there's human nature is we can abuse it right so so that to that point let's talk about uh um, behavioral health what's the mission of healing us healing us well healing us is our, our mission is to uh, affect micro, meso, and macro change in wherever we are whatever community we're in so micro level we're helping that individual get through the obstacles of early recovery on a meso level we are helping that family dynamic around that person uh become seamless and work together to really uh ha have a better family life and, and to solve this uh, how issue. important is family in that journey very important very important that yeah. they're always your support system and that and who helps the family like, who helps the family know what they're supposed to do? So let's talk to, you know, you've got a kid that you're worried about. You're not sure. Are they, are they getting involved in something? What do mom and dad need to know? A lot. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, that's why I always recommend, you know, we see at CFC, the parents that get involved with the CFC family program, mm -hmm. there is so much uh, statistical higher chance of that person recovering than them with a family that doesn't get involved. And that's right. because they're always gonna be your main support system. We at CFC create a new family for you and you join that family and you feel part of that community and feel connected, but at the end of the day, 
having that nuclear uh, your your actual family is is important to be all on the same page uh, uh, Mara has a question. Pharma motives always involved the national legislative agenda. Uh, you got to watch the legislators. What do you want to say to the politicians out there? Are they helping or are they hurting? <laughs> that's I, a loaded question, yeah. I know. I, that's, a, that's a difficult one. Uh, what I'd say, legislators, uh, they would need to start sitting at the table with uh, experts and, and see mm-hmm. uh, how these laws are going to really help. Um, you know, we had Christy here in New Jersey. He did a lot for the recovery platform um, in New Jersey, but he also made a lot of calls that he didn't really sit down with a, a round table to discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, one, one thing is uh, our sober livings. We, we, we've created these new laws in 2018, um, and they, they're counterproductive to actually running a good sober living. Like what? To explain that. Because people hear sober living and they hear like, oh, the legislature's doing something, there's a candlelight vigil, and then there's a law. And what does that really mean? Because people think the perception is you get addicted, you're done. Right. Right? And, and that, that's... That's the biggest misconception is that once you're an addict, you're, you're always an addict and, and you're done. Um, but no, we, we do recover and there is hope. But it does take these necessary um, services to help someone bridge that gap between uh, you know, a detox to a full-time recovery uh, in a maintenance stage, right? Um, and one of those is, is sober living. And what our state has done is they made it easier for you to open up a sober living, meaning it kind of right. bypasses towns and you can open up a sober living anywhere. So they've deregulated. They, they're not, not deregulated. Really. They, they, they regulated, really. There was Got no it. regulation okay. to begin with. But the problem is, is that they started looking at the – they wrote in the operations. And they have you know, people from the Department of Consumer Affairs writing in these regulations of operations, but they've never operated so it took It took you guys – a year or more to mm. get through all the paperwork to open. Oh, so would you say it's fair center? to look yes. at the politicians if you're listening or you work for a politician? One of the things you can do is open up the doors a little bit. Make the process easier for businesses who have experts like Daniel who've been through it and the docs that are out there. Yeah. Right? They're not making it easier. It seems like they're making it harder, but they're passing more legislation. At the same time, you know, we make these laws right. to make things easier, but if you add 10 laws, you also made more barriers at the same time, right? Right, right. And, and uh, you know, with, with the Department of Consumer Affairs Office of Licensing here in New Jersey, I know why they made it difficult to get your license because we have a huge spike in people applying to open up treatment right, centers. Right. We have all of South Florida moving up to New Jersey now because... Florida got a bad right. reputation. California got, got a bad reputation. Now they're coming to where? In terms of bad reputation, meaning they were they were making money but not solving the problem. No, it, it, I, there was a lot of people doing good down in South Florida, and right. there was a lot of people that were not doing good in South Florida. And what happened is, is that once Florida got a bad reputation because of people that weren't doing good, right? People stopped flying down to South Florida for for uh, rehabilitation, and most of their clients would come from New Jersey. So now they're moving all up here. So they're trying to make some so obstacles. You said something that's interesting. So they're coming here because this is where people are addicted. This is yes. where the crisis is. This yes. is almost a ground zero uh, if you look at the rest of the country. It seems like it's so much worse here. Um, what are you hearing from people who are coming through your doors? Mm-hmm. Why is it so bad here? Well, I think, you know, we have a couple things going on. Um, one, the fentanyl, we, we have discovered that, it, you know, it's being pr- produced in China. And instead of going through South America, they're actually coming through Canada. 
Um, so it. they ship it over to Canada because their ports are a, a little bit easier to get through. And then they're coming down through Vermont and, and everything. So we're the first in line to get those packages dropped off. And how are kids getting a hold of it? Because as you said, you know, you started this journey, the, the awful journey before you got to recovery, really young, middle school. I, when I tell you, Bill, uh, it, it's just the mass quantities that we have here. Yeah. I, you know, um, it's all supply and demand. It's simple economics. So if you got enough people that want it, uh, there, there's going to yeah. be supply there. And the, the problem is, is that you know you got the misery likes company kind of thing. And if I'm addicted to drugs and my friends aren't, I'm going to try to get a couple of them to partake in my activities so I don't feel as bad about me doing them. Yeah. Right. And Scary. That, it, 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 it's it's like. You know the coronavirus; it kind of spreads yeah. in that regard. What do you What do you say? You were talking about misconceptions. Uh, one of the things that we hear often is people talk about you have to want to recover, you have to want to fight it. How do you get somebody who's addicted to heroin to say you got to snap out of this, and we want to get you on the road to recovery? Absolutely. Well. You know, I, I love that it was like a broken arm or something. You know, yeah. come in, you put a cast on, and you go home. It's never that simple. It's very subjective, and everybody has their own root causes that got them there. And really, it takes that. It takes a lot of patience. Um, it takes time, and they have to be willing and open to have uh, to be humble to that process. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, is there tough love involved? I know, you know, I, I've, I've talked to your family absolutely. about this. Sometimes, I mean, your mom has said this. Sometimes parents are better off, like, locking the doors so the kids aren't coming, or changing the locks on the doors so kids aren't coming in and stealing from their, their purse. Well, you, ha- you have to... But that's you know, tough get, for a mom or dad to do. When you have someone in active addiction and they're not reaching out for help or they're not willing for help, you have to make the process of addiction harder to do. You know, what happens is, is ena- stopping enabling doesn't mean stop loving your kid or stop helping them in, in any regard. It means only help them for positive action, right? In the sense that don't make it easy for them to have a, a warm bed and a hot meal and a place to go and, and giving them an, an out and a way to continue this cycle of addiction. Make it make it difficult in whatever regard that, mm-hmm. that means. Uh, and that's what we need to teach families. And that's kind of the process as we go in early recovery. You're up, down, all around. You're dealing with emotions. You're learning who you are. You're learning all these new things. And you're going to have bad days. Mm-hmm. And you're going to yeah. start thinking irrationally again. And you have to be able to snap that person back. So let's talk about, because this, this is our first episode. And I want to, you know, with the time we have left, let's talk about relevance, behavioral health. What can someone expect? First of all, how do they get in touch? Uh-huh. Who should call you? And what would that patient experience be like? Uh, so, um, Relevance Behavioral Health, uh, we, we're, we're taking what we did at CFC and we're expanding it to a, a clinical care um, in the sense that we're multiple pathways to recovery. Um, we look at the root causes of your addiction and we really want to see, you know, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? And what got you here? And then we meet you, meet you where you're at in, in that sense, uh, clinically. Uh, and people can get in touch and, and, and experience our program, learn more about it. They could call, uh, they could go on our website, uh, which is relevancerecovery.com. Um, and they could give us a call at 732-702-2242. And I'll put that in the post. If you're watching this live, don't worry about it. If you're in your, if you're, you're uh, at your desk now, if you can't write this down, I'm going to put this on nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia. You'll be able to get all the information to get in touch with healing us with uh, relevance, behavioral health and get help. You know, the big thing that I learned, and we can wrap up with this, Daniel, it really struck me 
this was probably, I don't know, my God, maybe five years ago, the first time I, I met you guys. Yeah. And I had said on the air, I said, Daniel, I understand this is a daily fight to recover. And you and your mom both looked at me like, no, 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 you don't get it. We've won, and now we need to help other people find out how they can win. And that, I think, is one of the biggest misconceptions out there, that people go back to the 12 steps. They go back to um, alcoholism and say, no, it's every day. It's one day at a time. Count the days. I found with you, uh, it's not that. It's There's a point that you'll hit that you can say, I'm done. I have beat this monster, and I decided to beat it. I overcame it. I got the right help that I needed. And that struck me and i thought these guys this is the future of dealing with addiction and, and we need to get you there and it takes time i didn't wake up one day in this oh, you know right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all lifted from me it, it was a process that i had to go through and, and like uh, a decade but, but <laughs> like yeah, a real process yeah, i'm coming up on a decade now but uh yeah it, it's um it's a process. It's a beautiful process. It is a treacherous one, treacherous one at that, um, but it's totally worth it at, at the end of the day. Um, and you can recover. And this can be a, a chapter in your book, and you move on and move forward. And the life lessons that you learn in recovery just relate to everything about life. So, you know, I always like to say someone who's gone through some traumatic experience, addiction, uh, a loss, whatever it is that you've gotten over, it you just have a a bird's eye view perspective of life where yeah. you're starting you have that gratitude and the humility and the empathy where you can just get through every obstacle and it's really beautiful once you yeah. once you reach that thank you daniel thank you for joining me thank you for agreeing to be a co-host on this hashtag speaking recovery podcast we're going to come back to you every month we're going to have a new discussion on how you can get the help you need how you can help your friends your family whether it's your kids or your parents i mean we've seen it all at every level uh, but uh, check out uh, recovery um, relevance behavioral health check them out and of course cfc loud and clear we've got a big event coming up at mcclune's Yes, we do. Right? When is that? I don't have the. I'll put the date up there because I can't remember the dates right now. But we've got a lot of things coming up with CFC Loud and Clear. Recovery is possible. Remember something: when you overcome adversity, you can actually win. Daniel and his family and his team are there to help. So check back to hashtag Speaking Recovery. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the new Speaking Recovery podcast available at nj1015.com slash Bill Spadia, Google Play, and iTunes. Hosted by me and my friend Daniel Regan from Healing Us Centers. Are you or a loved one battling addiction? Relevance Behavioral Health is here to help. At Relevance, you'll get intense clinical care coupled with long-term relapse prevention. Relevance is the only local care facility focused on recovery and long-term sober living. Call today, 732-702-2242, or visit them online at Relevance recovery.com.